One of my best personal trades. I made like 400% return on that one. 400, wow, I need to learn from you. So hang on. <laughs> That was not my idea. Okay. In the UK, there is a real taboo around money, so people don't really talk about it. So if they feel like they're mismanaging their finances, they'll just quietly suffer. You're probably the first person who's told me that I don't feel excited when I get paid. People are still seeing a six-figure salary as being a destination. It doesn't even buy you half as much as it used to. In 22, you get the craziest market correction. The number of investments that I made into high-growth tech companies that ended up being like 70, 80% down now. These money people make it seem really complicated, right? And they make it seem like there's a hidden secret that you need to find to mm -hmm. then... It's all bullshit. Yes. Yes. Hi, and hey. welcome to Figuring Out. Um, Coronation Day, you're here. We're recording a podcast. I know, Amazing. I know. Um, so I really want to chat with you. And this is one podcast I really wanted to, to have on for some time. So I wanted to talk finance, wanted to talk managing money. I just didn't want to do it on my own. Yeah. So it's, it's great to have you here. So let's start with your introduction. Yeah. Um, you're in corporate Phil. And equally, you have this height hustle and you talk about managing finances. So yeah, yeah. give us an introduction for people listening to you for the first time. Yep. So hi, guys. Thank you for having me. So I'm, I'm Niaz. I, um, like you said, I work full time in the legal industry. So I work in a corporate law firm um, in a strategy role. And um, I've, my legal career, well, it's gone on coming on seven, eight years. Okay. Kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, so I studied law at university, decided against practicing as a as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'd be a pretty rubbish lawyer because I was always a bit too enterprising. I, was, I couldn't <laughs> sit there and just review. Um, but luckily, I think the legal industry is quite broad and diverse, especially now um, in terms of like the roles that it's able to offer. And so I moved into a bit more of a strategic innovation type role. Mm -hmm. um, alongside that, because of, I think, like my itching to do something for myself as well and through personal experiences um, with some of my friends and my peers we realized like how much of uh, a misunderstanding with money that young people have mm -hmm. or I'd say like a lack of understanding of money um, and uh, which is why I think just over three years ago uh, me and one of my best friends from uni we decided to go and build this community based on our own experiences right. uh, about the financial experiences of young people mm -hmm. um, which are very unique and um, yeah since then we've sort of built a community around that which is called Millennial Money uh, so I'm a part-time co-founder full-time corporate or I'd sometimes say I've got two full-time jobs um, yeah I, I I read the hustle and that was one <laughs> of the things I think when we when we exchange emails uh, you say yes it's like having two jobs and completely relate to that Let's let's get right into it though. So you talk to young people about managing their finances and that stems from your own personal experiences mm -hmm. and you mentioned you and your friends having talked about it and realizing that hang on, you perhaps share a similar experience mm. or you have like similar mindset or you realize that you are in a similar position when it comes to managing money. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing throughout this journey that you find shocking among young people when it comes to managing finances? So I have quite a bit to say about this, but I think I think broadly speaking is just how little young people understand money or just people mm -hmm. as a whole. Like, I think there's a real lack of understanding with like how money works. Uh, part of that comes from we're just not taught at school. Right. Um, sure. And 
it even extends to people that work in finance, like finance like yourself. So I've got a load, a load of my friends mm-hmm. work in finance, um, investment banking, um, uh, like in PE firms. And there was a stage in our careers where even they, although they were being paid to manage institutionally other people's money, right? Yeah. Um, or corporates. Uh, but they themselves didn't necessarily have the right behaviors or skills to manage their own money and, and I don't and, and I think that extended to like all of our peer group mm-hmm. right and not just our peer group I think all of our generation is that there is a real lack of understanding of like how to manage and grow your wealth but actually how to sustain um, the money that you have and it, yeah it was shocking because when when I was going through that I thought maybe it's just me I just don't understand money like um, I don't work in finance like it, mm-hmm. it had to just be me and slowly and the other thing is in the UK, there is a real taboo around money. So people don't really talk about it. So if they feel like they're mismanaging their finances, they'll just quietly suffer. And it was only when me and my mate started discussing it with each other. And we were like, yo, like, we're earning good money, by the way, at this point. We're like, oh, like, how's your, how's your money situation? He was right. like, ah, oh, I'm getting myself into a bit of debt. And it was like, oh, you too. <laughs> and opening For up. earning a good salary, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and we'd, we'd like we got into um credible careers like earning healthy incomes mm-hmm. that didn't that didn't make a difference because fundamentally there was a lack of understanding when it came to managing your finances that meant that we uh we didn't have good behaviors when it came to our money and i think that extends to all young people and, and then and beyond because we we hear cases of celebrities athletes going bankrupt Mm-hmm. Um, even though they are, they are, they're earning significant amounts of money, and it, it just goes to show that it isn't the amount of money that you earn; it, it's how it's your behaviors around the money um, that's important. Um, I think one other thing that I can definitely and I can now be open about it, and that struck a chord when you say working in finance doesn't mean that you know how to manage your own money, yeah. or at least you don't know how to invest your money. I go back to my early days as a graduate, and I remember this particularly. One of my friends, we're not very close, but he was investing in stocks. Mm-hmm. And I did ask him, what stocks are you investing in? Mm. And he went, oh, what should I say? Mm. What should I mention it? And it's true, like, maybe you don't ask someone, like, oh, what are you investing in? If you're not very close anyway. Yeah. yeah. But my point being, I didn't know how to, to how to open a stockbroking account. Yeah. I just didn't know, okay, I need to, because working in, in a bank, you need to get compliance yeah, yeah. you need to open it. I didn't know what a stockbroking account was and I worked for a bank. Exactly, yeah. And I remember asking friends who were like a couple of years older than me and they were like, okay, this is how you can open the stockbroking account. And then you start doing your own research. And then today, you know, sometimes when I talk to my mates, I do ask them and, you know, when we had the Zoom call and I remember telling you, uh, I do ask my friends, but how much interest are you earning with Mm. keeping your money at the bank, right? You could actually be, even if you're passive, you could Mm -hmm. maybe invest in some sort of market tracker or whether that's etf and of course you can mm-hmm. do your research mm-hmm. but that's not something that you taught in schools that's mm-hmm. not something you even taught when you start working mm-hmm. and it goes back to maybe surrounding yourself by the right people and asking the questions yeah 100 percent. and yeah you're so right and i in the last like few years the options and opportunity to invest your mm-hmm. money has become so much more accessible like it's even five years ago like the fact that you had to go around and think about the stockbroking accounts and how to open one and how to get started now it's so accessible because there's so many new platforms mm-hmm. um but taking it a step further even the concept or idea of investing is very obvious to us but for mm-hmm. the majority of people that is so advanced like not only are we not taught about investing in schools 
we're not taught how to budget like we're not taught about like consumer debt like Mm -hmm. and we might be sat there thinking oh my god like come on like that's that's so that's that's so elementary Mm -hmm. it's not for people Mm -hmm. like especially like for young they don't the concept of money and how money works from a simple cash flow perspective from a simple like what's coming in what's going out like that's not like it's not within people's um, realm of comprehension like they haven't sat down to think let me think about what money I've got and what money I don't have Mm -hmm. and that is the shocking thing coming back to your first question is like the lack of understanding around money there's a real lack of understanding around money by most people even those that you might perceive to be doing very well Mm -hmm. so let's get into the basic budgeting Mm. or at least the budgeting that sounds should sound very elementary to people Mm. how do you think about budgeting Mm. so let's let's take an example of you earn that much Mm -hmm. within a month Mm -hmm. in practical terms how should someone think about managing that money so when it comes to budgeting right and i say this because whenever someone would say oh you need to budget i would roll my eyes and be like oh, sh- <laughs> shut up that's is that so- your mom <laughs> yeah i'd be like that's so boring right but the the whole concept of it is that um it, you make it personal like there isn't a one-size-fits-all like there's some people that can sit there and like line by line look at everything and be like i'm gonna cut here here i cannot be like that me okay. personally i'm not that stringent but i have a the, the budgeting that works for me is an understanding of like how much I've got coming in. Fundamentally, it's about understanding how much money you've got to start with, how much you've got coming in and how much you have going out. And then making sure that how much you've got going out doesn't, uh, doesn't outpace how much you've got coming in and how mm-hmm. much money you've got to start with at the very basic level, right? Is that you spend less than you earn. Yeah. Most people don't do that, by the way. And most people don't realize that they're not doing that because of easy credit cards and like personal consumer debt um, which means that people um, have this perception of being able to afford lifestyles that by their very nature they're financing mm-hmm. you know yeah. because at the end of the month and and it's strong no one else is paying that but it, you exactly and it strikes a chord and I'm sure you and I have been in that position as well because you you're like well I'm gonna get paid at the end of the month I can just clear <laughs> it up yeah it's yeah. it's it's and 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 if if anyone's listening thinking oh my god shit that's me it was all of us like it's, it's most yeah. people like, that's why i'm laughing yeah We've it's been there. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's most people but when you have an understanding at the very least of like where your money's going or how much money you actually have so a real life understanding of where you are financially like that starts however like you want to address it that that is in some way budgeting because you're taking a look and um, holding yourself accountable for the money you have coming in and going out. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, that is budgeting. Now, there's loads of various different types of budgeting there's that, that you can research online and be like, oh, there's this method, there's that method, there's the... Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to follow any one method. You find one that works for you. For some people, they might be really frugal and really good at looking at every penny that goes out of their account. I personally can't do that. Um, but if you can, I rate you. Like, I rate you if you can. I can't do it, but if you can, I rate you. But find something that works for you. I think I think the idea of even going back to high school days or even if you're working, having an Excel, having a spreadsheet mm. sometimes does the trick. And I, I do second you I mean I can't I can't look at my line by line item. I don't yeah. have the patience for that. But what I do generally and I think in some months there are on average it works for 
most of the months of the year, mm. but then there are there are particular months like birthday months or like mm. New Year's and Christmas and so on. Summer. It doesn't summer. It doesn't <laughs> work then. But on average, when I get paid, I transfer about half of it to like a current account or like yeah. to a savings account, I should say. And sometimes you'll find me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> taking out some from there. But that's my rule of thumb. I mean, like that's you know half of that will go to mortgage payment, the yeah. basic needs. And then, you know, the, the saving will be there. And then what can I afford to basically use or spend on restaurants or like leisure mm-hmm. or things that I really want to have. Mm. So that's my sort of rule of thumb. Mm. It doesn't work all the time. And sometimes it's like, okay, you, you can't transfer 50, mm. 50%. That's not enough. Mm. But I think like having a notion of how much, mm. it's almost like putting it in different baskets, right? 100%, 100%. And I think what it is you're doing by doing that is um, there's a concept and a which which in the personal finance world people understand which is called paying yourself first which is what okay. you've described mm-hmm. um and it's the idea that as soon as you get paid mm-hmm. you're already redirecting that money towards yourself by yourself i mean like to the benefit of your future self by saving or investing right mm-hmm. paying yourself because when you hear that you're like how on earth can you pay yourself you're paying your future self you're paying yourself forward right by all predetermining a use for any bit of money that you earn Mm -hmm. and putting it aside before you address any other of your discretionary spends, right? Because you're already saying this amount of money goes to my mortgage, this amount of money goes to my bills and this amount of money I've predetermined to go into my savings Mm -hmm. as though it was a a fixed cost, right? And that, again, is a a concept that you're a very basic golden principle, which is called paying yourself first. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's an important one that I think um, when people start to get a hold of their finances, that's something that they um, put into practice. Are there any tips and tricks that you personally Mm -hmm. um, have incorporated or implemented in your daily routine? So for for the very... Again, I'm going to caveat all of this by saying I'm probably a good example for people because I am my natural impulse is, is to be terrible with money. Mm-hmm. But funny, it's ironic because I'm someone on the internet that <laughs> that it has, has has got a reputation right. about um, teaching people or like engaging with people with the conversation of money. But my natural impulses are very bad, which mm-hmm. is why I'm probably someone that you can relate to because the the, the way that I've acted against those poor uh, natural impulses and financial um, behaviors is by removing as much discretion away from myself as possible. So as soon as I get paid, I do what you do, right? Mm-hmm. On payday, it's funny because payday isn't an exciting day for me. Because for me, it's just another, it's just the day where I move my money around, right? Okay. And then I forget about it, right? So because, and it should get to the point where you're not excited about payday because you're not waiting for your finances to be replenished. Why? It's a, it's a, it's an administrative day. Okay. And you get to the point where it's just a day of admin. Cause the so day, you don't feel that excitement just, okay, no. I have... I don't know, four grand, six no. grand, like coming into your bank No, because that day where I have like uh, thousands in my account, right? Uh, or that it comes in. Because remember, I also have a business where I pay myself as well. So I have a day. For me, it's a day of admin. Mm-hmm. Because on that day, that money disappears. So on that day, uh, a portion of it gets moved into a savings account or an investment account. A portion of it is cast aside for my uh, bills and fixed costs. Okay. Uh, so by the end of that day, my current account is... Not empty, but it's it's all the money's been moved away mm. into other places, because if it remained in my account, I would spend it. I would. Get, I'm giving myself too much respect and discretion, which I shouldn't, and you shouldn't, because you can't trust yourself. Like, because if it's there, you'll spend it, mm. and and part of that is me moving money into an account where I will spend the money because I give myself permission to spend the money, mm-hmm. right? 
but the big amounts as soon as i get paid like the big 40 50 percents of whatever i have in my account is moved on the day um into other places where it needs to go uh, and like you were saying that you, you said you 50 percent of your income or your salary from your from your day job you you move into a savings account or an mm. investment account right right um which is a really good amount that's a really healthy amount and yeah i'd say similarly like 50 to 60 percent um at the moment which i'm privileged enough to be able to do so yeah. um because as we discussed before i didn't buy that flat that i bought <laughs> almost bought um <laughs> which means there's a greater amount that i can move into i mean know. let me put it out there i do share the mortgage with my sister so yeah that, that helps. <laughs> no but still like uh and, and i was buying on my own um mm. uh, but because i i have withdrawn from that process i currently don't have a huge like f- uh like housing burden um so i'm apportioning let's say 50 to 60 percent of my income into savings or investments um on the day right <laughs> right mm-hmm. so on the day i get paid i feel just as like my, my current account will look just as uh, empty by the end of it because I've moved all the money mm-hmm. and that includes moving money into like uh, somewhere where I where I will spend or I'll spend on my credit card and then that will be paid off right in full yeah. Um, so yeah I think that is a behavior so your money your money your relationship with your money should be quite unexciting and almost boring and administrative that way mm-hmm. you're not going to have this high low whoa like whoa I've got loads of money now and then it's all gone oh my god I've got loads of money now because okay. Okay, that's what most of us do because we get paid and we're like oh my god yeah sick I've got loads of money yeah. and then and then you're like oh no my money's gone and that's what most people are like I was there too the sooner you can make it as boring as possible and I say the same with long-term investments the better mm-hmm. because it removes the whole emotional stimulus and impulses attached to money you're probably the first person who's told me that I don't feel excited when I get paid, yeah, man, but I can like, see why you mean it. Yeah, and that's such a, that's such a different, but good take, mm. um, in terms of like just forming your mindset that way. So yeah. it just feels like, oh, don't, okay. don't get me wrong. Like when, when, like <laughs> when you see the money hit your account, there is that dopamine of like, whoa. It means but, like, yeah, that yeah. explain all the hours I put in last yeah, yeah. month. <laughs> but then quite quickly, you, you either you're going to spend that and all those hours you put in is going to go by the mm. end of the month or you're going to move it somewhere to the benefit of your future self, right? And uh, which you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that way, actually, you, the money that you're accumulating, the assets you're accumulating, isn't actually the work of your present self. Right. It's all the hard work that you've been doing over the mm-hmm. years and in sacrifices you've been making, putting money away. Do you use credit cards? Yes, but... So credit cards can be a brilliant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also be a terrible, terrible, terrible thing as well, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I hear you. The way I use them now is uh, a more positive way of using it. And uh, the the credit card companies, the lenders don't, don't love me the way I'm using it because I never pay interest, right? Mm-hmm. Because I pay the balance off in full every month mm-hmm. in full. Right. And that is the best way to use it, because then you can make use of any rewards or whatever that you're getting. And your but, credit score. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my credit score is um, amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's always paid off in full. But you have to understand that this system is set up. So this financial system is set up, especially credit card, like consumer lenders, a consumer finance um, lenders, which is your credit cards, overdrafts, personal loans. They want you to borrow slightly more than you can afford. So mm-hmm. then you're trapped in a cycle of paying a bit of interest every month, a bit of interest, a bit of interest. You're paying back a bit more than you borrowed. Right. Right. 
Um, so if you find yourself in a position where you're spending more on your credit card mm-hmm. or, or um, than you can afford to pay off by the end of the month, you're, you're not in a good place. Uh, actually, wait, that might be triggering. Not that you're not in a good place because anyone can be there. That is not a positive way to use your credit card. At least sustainably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is how lenders... Uh, your credit card providers want you to use their credit card because they want to make money out of you. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think that's 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 something to note. But if you can pay off your credit card in full uh, every month, then I think you, there, there can be a positive way of using it. Because I know you don't use your credit cards anymore. Yeah, so the reason I was yeah. I told you that, it's only recent anyway. I yeah. used to say, you know, the Amex card. And, yeah. and also, my sister and I did this thing, you know, she got a secondary Amex card on the same account. Oh, so really? then I would transfer her my spending, okay, whatever okay, I spent. Okay. But it was like to basically have the points. Yeah. And it, it did, like, you know, we did have some companion tickets from it and mm-hmm. so on. But increasingly, and I think what's made it easy or easier, you now have debit cards or you have banks that are offering interest mm-hmm. on current accounts. Mm-hmm. And it's only been a couple of weeks Mm. A couple of weeks in that I've realized that they are not doing so. But I think for me, using credit cards, and there's two practical things that I've done recently. So I'm not using credit cards anymore. That's just because when it gets to the end of the month, mm-hmm. it's like easily, there's been months when I've seen easily like three to four yeah, grand no, of, you know, in months when I've really spent. And yeah. that could be flight tickets, like yeah. getting gifts for, you know, like New Year's Because you're just so tapping, on. you're not thinking like about ta- it. Yeah, yeah, you keep tapping you're not, everywhere. You're not thinking about it, yeah. So I've changed my approach to credit cards. I don't yeah. use them. I might use them from time to time if I have to, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be in a, like in an overdraft position. Mm-hmm. I've also realized my tax, <laughs> my tax filings in January yeah. just mean like suddenly you can have a, like a five grand bill that you've got yeah. to pay. Yeah. That, you know, you could have... It's the worst. It's the worst it's thing. The worst. And to think that you already get paid net of tax usually end of the month and then you file your tax returns and then you get your surprise tax, tax bill. Your tax penalty, could be penalties, but also what you owe to HMRC. But also I've now turned on my notifications for my wallet spending mm-hmm. on my phone or like my whatever card is appended to that. Mm-hmm. So when I do, you know, a simple example, I've realized I need 20 minutes door to door to work, but still getting on the tube and sometimes getting on the bus to save the walk if I'm in a rush. I spend like seven to eight pounds a day for transport, like, yeah. which is like 20 minutes door to door. Yes, yeah, And I've done my budgeting and I'm like, well, pre-pandemic, you could get a travel card and maybe I should go back to this. Maybe let's, let's, let's talk about how you've managed to, how you've managed to build your finance cushion, if I can call it that yeah. way. So you're on the corporate field, yeah. you work in, in law, right? In yeah. the field of law. Yeah. And then you have your side hustle. Mm-hmm. Millennial Money, mm-hmm. and you're also host of a podcast called Loose Chain. Yeah. Here we go. Um, so let's talk about these different avenues that mm. you've started, how you went about creating those, and how that how that is going for you now. So my day job, my primary source of income, again the the very standard traditional route mm-hmm. of um, school, university, study law. Uh, graduated and then sort of like started my corporate career which has been steadily building um, and yeah and, and I enjoy it a lot um, it's something that I've as I said been doing for the last seven eight years right um, but the other ones are probably the more the non-traditional new uh, ways of making money building businesses and as you know sort of like 
making money online from building communities and audiences and platforms that's what so initially millennial money was uh something targeted at young people mm -hmm. again like i said at the start of um trying to engage with people with the conversation of money um and we framed uh a, a community around that where we we basically said that we're going to share your experiences and stories but naturally as a result of like sharing a lot of those experiences and stories of our own as well people wanted to hear like our honest take on like how to manage money and like um financial recommendations i would say right. yeah um which developed into uh revenue sources in those different ways as well from mm. building that platform and then loose change the podcast i think it was um the more uh unstructured um offshoot it's a production of millennial money but i just wanted like this a means of like being able to like speak openly mm -hmm. um uh, in a less polished way in terms of just having long-form conversations with people, right. meeting people, learning about people and young businesses, young people in business, start, uh, like an entrepreneurship, trying to do things for themselves. And yeah, I think I'm quite a people person. So Loose Change offered me that opportunity. To meet people. Yeah, yeah to meet and find out about people and their stories. I think surrounding yourself by people is, is just so stimulating and refreshing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now that I've started coming back to investing your money and that I've started investing you know in like personal trades nothing to do with work mm -hmm. one of my best personal trade mm -hmm. I made like 400% return on that one 400 wow I need to learn from you so hang on <laughs> that was not my idea okay so that was not my idea at all okay it came from a friend okay. who looks at you know he's just interested he's based in Dubai he looks at trades or like he looks at investments mm. and that was at a time when you know shipping shipping containers mm -hmm. was given covid mm -hmm. and transportation and logistics mm -hmm. and what else not and he was like look at this and we started chatting about it and i'm like okay but what about this what about this and it was mainly him he was doing the whole thesis i had to tell you nothing to do with me nothing mm -hmm. to do with my input mm -hmm. but it was just about like surrounding like sometimes you just need Creates to listen to other people yeah. like you just need to open up and like talked about it very openly and mm. talk about it could be anything like what about these ideas like could be anything about you know thinking about ESG thinking about what's the next thing I keep joking with my friends and I say you know what if we had new startup companies making egg freezing cheaper <laughs> like as a joke but as a topic of conversation I think that could be a revolutionary in like 10 20 years as in human yeah, egg freezing. Yeah, egg freezing yeah. But because that's a bit of a thing with like yeah, marriage being delayed, women yeah, talking about yeah, it. The, well, but see, when you think you about startup companies, yeah. because it is so expensive, yeah, it costs you maybe like eight to ten grand for yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, I've had I've had friends actually go through that um, experience, so I know, and I have colleagues actually who um, went through the experience, and obviously like other stuff like IVF and mm -hmm. etc. So I I know it's a very viable thing, but. Yeah, like I said. See? No, so that's really one thing it. when I'm like, I think surrounding yourself could be, you know, right people, wrong people, I don't know. But just opening up and having those conversations sometimes or generating ideas, like mm -hmm. that could be your way of alpha generation. 100%. I think it's so interesting you say that because I try to live by that kind of principle of um, sometimes you have no idea where the opportunity or plan or conversation might happen that could change your life mm -hmm. or the tr or like a period of your life or the trajectory of your life right um because there's so much luck involved in everything 
right? And I, um, I, I do believe you can open yourself up to having more of that luck available to you by putting yourself or making yourself open to opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And because uh, you might meet someone that knows something you don't, but that perfectly marries up with the skills or resources that you have. And that could be the fortunate accident in your life that means you you do something game changing mm-hmm. or or not it could be smaller scale it doesn't have to be change the world but you open yourself up to more opportunities via those conversations for yeah to to, to at least have some impact on your own life and when you think about luck being you know it could be an element in changing part of your life or at a particular time and when you look back at, at the series of things you've done so far, whether mm. that's in your corporate field, your site hustle, millennium money, mm. what do you think has been one of the best idea or one of the best investment? And I don't necessarily mean investment in the form of money, mm. but what do you think like has been the best decision or the best investment when you look back at your journey? Well, loads, actually. Loads of like different small things that I did. I can see the longer term impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, <laughs> When I was uh, when I was in school, so I studied law. Like I followed a pretty academic route. Um, um, the schools I went to were quite academic, um, broadly mm-hmm. speaking. Um, where did you go? Where, where did you study? Um, for you, schools. Either I, oh. I probably wouldn't know about schools. Anyway. Yeah, no. But the, the, so the university I went to, the University of Nottingham. Okay. But, but the schools that I university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's decent. But the um, but the schools I went to before that, they were like. Compared to the sort of like general masses that like we, th- there was a, a focus on academia, mm-hmm. right? And, but I, when I, since I was like always weirdly, like the weird thing that I sat in my room doing was like, I taught myself how to um, do graphics and edit. And like, I was interested in art alongside everything. That was just like the extra random, weird, nerdy thing that, you know, everyone has yeah. their nerdy thing that they do in their bedroom. I kind of just became really like well-equipped with design. Okay. And I never pursued that. I actually did get an art scholarship when I was 16, oh, but, but I rejected it to pursue, um, well, followed the root of law, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, those skills are the ones that I carried furthest with me because um, me learning how to design and stuff, I meant that um, I branded loads of companies that I, like different companies throughout my life. Um, I managed to launch because I was like, oh, it's okay, I can do all the branding and then we can actually like bring something to life. It's such a good skill set to have. A hundred percent. And I, to the, even to millennial Not money. Like, I have it. No, 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 but even, no, exactly. But even to, but like, that's just, that's something that I just did when I was like, what, 13, 14 mm-hmm. and like, uh, decades on, like I'm still utilizing those skills. Whereas there's probably classes I sat in. I could not tell you the first thing, even in, yeah. in even in university, even though I'm like pursuing a career, um, in, in the industry of law, right. i that there's things from um, my university education that I could not recall, and I don't know if I've applied it mm-hmm. ever in my in True. my career. Yeah. But I can give you live, direct examples, almost weekly, almost daily, of when I'm utilizing those design skills that I learned when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one fortunate accident. Again, other investments. So I, I take it as like random investments in myself and my skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, and like taking certain calculated risks, like starting millennial money was, um, a risk because I was, me and my mate were just convincing each other to like, 
whatever money we had, we like, yo, let's just like put it together and try and launch this brand. And obviously that's paid off yeah. dividends, not just financially, but just like what it's the opportunities that it's bred for us. Um, so yeah, throughout my life, I think there's non-conventional uh, decisions I've made, w- which might have been financial investments in myself or like at the time, mm-hmm. um, which have paid off in bigger ways um, than just the, the financial outcome. Does that answer your question? That does. Definitely. I think I was, I, I was think I was listening to you and I was thinking it, it's true. I think going back to school, for instance, you don't learn about tax, you don't learn about budgeting, yeah. and things that you may have done in your spare time. And I do, I do commend it. Like you know, even learning about graphics and editing at the age of thirteen, fourteen. Like and now looking back a decade yeah. later, how that's paid off. It's just like skills that you may have learned yeah. back then. That's yeah. Sort of, um, don't give me too much credit it was uh <laughs> it was just a weird I don't know why I did it I just enjoyed it like it was yeah, just random I hear I hear you um and I do rate that was there any bad decision or any bad investment if you can call it that so way? many so many like bad decisions um it's hard to like I know it sounds really silly but like I, it's hard to say that you, there are bad decisions because ultimately they probably led you mm-hmm to where a place that you might be happy with or not um the only decision that I regret is probably well not the only decision I regret but like in terms of like bad decisions that changed the direction of my life initially was I wish I'd taken a bit more of a break after graduating from university to figure out like what I wanted to do who I wanted to be um I just I was just like elder sibling like I'm just gonna take just going to start yeah just right. going to start working and see what happens right what um, would you have done during that spare time maybe traveled maybe just like just giving myself a bit of like a giving myself a bit of a room to mm-hmm. to figure some stuff out maybe like understand what my strengths actually are um yeah i think i think that that would have been that would have been it. in terms of like in bad investments boy like actual like specific financial investments like in in 2020 and 2021 Mm -hmm. um any investment you made it was flying like there was a it it was crazy you thought yeah this stuff is easy everything i'm investing is like 50 60 (laughs) percent up and then hit the end of 2021 as it's 2022 you get the craziest market correction right um so there's a number of investments that i made into high growth tech companies that ended up being like 70 80 percent down now yeah um yeah, loads of those, <laughs> loads of those. I've, I made one in Jumia. Have you heard of Jumia? Yeah, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Which is meant to be like the Amazon of Africa. Yeah. I'm um, thinking, yes, this is a sick investment. And it was up quite a bit when I invested in it, but now it must be like 90% down. Do you think the trick is, and um, do you think the trick is not, for me, for instance, I feel like sometimes I'm not tracking it so mm. then I'm like, I'm not, you, you made money, you mm. made some profit and then you're not you, really balancing it. You're not going to balance it, but yeah. also you just leave it there. So you're not, yeah. you're not, you're not exiting that position in mm. time. And then obviously, cause maybe whatever biases, right. Yeah. We all have our own biases, but then do you feel the trick is not like tracking it properly and not yeah. having the time to look at it? hundred percent. Like, like when, as a passive investor, you don't have the time to like assess these in, like individual stocks. Well, I certainly don't because I have mm-hmm. so many other things that I'm doing. I don't have the time to be assessing like the individual stocks in my portfolio, like constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think for the for the most part, I think most of my uh, financial portfolio, my alloc- my investment portfolio, my allocation is into more like diversified 
um, funds, which means I'm very passive. I don't really have to do much. Mm-hmm. Uh, a smaller allocation is in like more individual stocks, which I'd right. probably have to pay a bit more attention to. But really, I don't like. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think so. I think for the passive investor, like if you're not, if you're that's not, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're not, if you're not um, putting a lot of attention to it, you're likely to make these yeah um, bad decisions. But I also think like and at, you know prop probably just a disclosure here this is us sharing our experiences and we're yeah. not representing our firms where we work oh no not, not at all providing financial advice but just sharing but i think you know i do sometimes not having the financial acumen or the financial interest doesn't mean that you don't have to figure out just a very basic notion of investing mm-hmm. like putting your money in a tracker that yeah, you know yeah. just tracks the market mm. over a long time horizon mm-hmm. right we're not talking six months but mm. like just having some whether that's 100 pounds from yeah, your salary yeah. every month and just yeah. putting it there i think that's one thing that i sometimes talking to friends i realize not everyone not does it yeah, yeah. but then how much are you getting keeping your money yeah. within whatever bank account so yeah it's been eaten up by inflation right so exactly talking of inflation (laughs) good good segue there how has your views when it comes to change to managing money change now when you look at the current inflationary environment right i get lunch at work and on average in canary wharf now lunch is about 10 quid yeah it's ridiculous and the cheapest thing i've found lunch hack for everyone Burley soup still okay. under four quid. Wow. <laughs> Depends how much that's going to fill it's you. Crazy, man. But it is crazy when you think crazy. about inflation. Has this changed anything for you? Yeah, like things are more expensive, way more expensive. You have to understand, like the the real terms value of your money has gone down. Like mm-hmm. you can you can acquire way less for the amount of money that you have. And like yes, like we can think about it even in the last like two three years, the last five years. If you look at the last 15, 20 years, like. It's insane, like how little we can acquire for the same amount of money, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is blindingly obvious. But the rate of inflation has been crazy. So my view, my perception of like how much money we earn and have, is very different, and it, it's resulted in some unpopular takes. <laughs> I'm uh, laughing which, because yeah, I know it, which one. That which is. I'm sure you're aware of, but like we can acquire way less for the money that we have. So I mm-hmm. think we there's a greater impetus on us to like understand money now more because uh, there's probably a greater um, reason to understand at the very basic level like why investing might be important to grow, mm-hmm. grow and sustain your wealth, even passively. And then get to a point actually when after a few years of doing that, you might be becoming a bit more of a sophisticated investor and understand um like the movements in the passive investment market and stuff like that but but the reason i say that is because inflation is eating up the value of our of our money so um and you we have to be conscious of it like like that for example like uh, the salary one being a big thing right do you want to share it here Uh, (laughs) i think i was saying so my point previously was obviously 100 uh, you can caveat it as much as you want a a, a six-figure salary i think i went on which you saw on a podcast Mm -hmm. saying that um that we have an obsession with six-figure salaries, right? But when you actually point down what a six-figure salary is, it's it's not what it doesn't acquire what it used to acquire, and that's right. a very obvious point, right? That's a very mm-hmm. obvious point, uh, and everyone's like, oh yeah, that's so obvious, that's basically. Yeah, I get it, I get that it's obvious, but like, are we acting on the fact that it's obvious, like, mm-hmm. or because people are still seeing a six-figure salary as being a destination? It doesn't even buy you half as much as it used to. Um, I, I use my dad as an example all the time, right? Mm-hmm. He never made a six-figure income in this in this country right he was always more of a businessman but he acquired 
properties in and around here like around London um, 20 years ago um, earning nowhere near a six-figure salary right now someone who has a six-figure salary could probably just about buy one of those properties that he acquired that's crazy okay so like put that in real terms yeah. value right right that's someone crazy. someone that had an irregular income 15 20 years ago could buy up a property portfolio in places where people earning multiple six figures now mm-hmm. can maybe get their hands on one yeah putting on. that into perspective that way yep. yeah come it's, on like, it's a reality um so we have to be conscious of that and we have to think about the different opportunities that we have mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to our finances that's my that's my take i know no i hear you. i think you know even in our early 20s when we started working aspiring to have a six figure which mm. we're both now on mm. and aspiring to be there was somewhat of a of a target in mm. that many years i'll get there how yeah. do i get there do i change jobs what's the best paying jobs mm. inflation is one thing tax is the other thing once you cross a certain threshold mm-hmm. but it's so hard to afford things in london now and i That's think crazy. obviously inflation is hitting so many countries not just london but I do personally maybe feel London is, London is, you know, London feels like home. Mm. But there's so many other cities where you can maybe aspire to have a better lifestyle. Yeah. Like Dubai, for instance. Yeah. Hate it how much. Yeah. It's a hate no matter what. Yeah. Um, but no tax. And I, I yeah, do man. feel like there will be income tax at some point. Yeah. But in The quality terms of life is better. Like, mm-hmm. like, I get it. Like, I get all the points that people might try and make. But the, I am such a London boy. Remember, I was born and brought up here. I love London, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm London, I, I love that. Like, I will ride out for London, right? Right. But like, come on, let's be serious. Now, the, the quality of life has improved in other places now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you speak to people that might have made the move to Dubai, they and they're just there, like yo, like you know how in London, like eight months of the year, people are just miserable. That doesn't exist here. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's sunny all the time. Yeah. There's no income tax. Yes, things are more expensive, but like the the quality, the the safety, the security. Okay, mm-hmm. and say you don't like Dubai. What a, all right, fine. Singapore. Yep. Same thing. Like, yes, it's expensive, but people earn a lot more. Um, uh, because, oh, not earn a lot more, but the, there's, the taxes are way lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's other places around the world where I think the quality of life is, is high if you, if you have the opportunity, if your career allows um, which, yeah, if you have the privilege of that opportunity. Because then people might also say places like, I don't think New York is better than London. Uh, because I, I wouldn't see myself yeah, doing that. Yeah, New York. I know the salaries are really high, but it's super expensive. Mm-hmm. It's dirty. It's you need more to be dangerous. Everywhere. Yeah, I went to New York last year in April. Yeah, a coffee. Yeah, with yeah. tip. Yeah, with tip on average six to seven dollars. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And and now like the pounds so much weaker. Like right. that's what I mean. There's so many things that have happened that have like taken the whole experience of London down. Um, but I would still prefer London over New York. For, for various reasons like I wouldn't leave London for somewhere like New York but I would consider leaving for somewhere like Singapore or Dubai you might see me there <laughs> <laughs> joking I've, I've, I've thought about it you know I have friends who maybe have less years of experience mm-hmm. but net of tax yeah man yeah it's yeah. it's higher yeah, yeah it crazy. is higher um we we will be getting on to our last question shortly but before that is there anything and it can be anything that you think you haven't told your millennium money audience or anyone yet that you think okay maybe in terms of whether that's in terms of investing where someone could go oh interesting i never knew of that or mm. or anything could be cheeky could be interesting could be an observation but yeah. you haven't told anyone before yeah. so i would say when it comes to money um 
these money people make it seem really complicated, right? And they make it seem like there's a hidden secret that you need to find to mm-hmm. them. It's all bullshit. Excuse my language. Like, and, and the quicker that you learn that is that it's actually really quite simple. Mm-hmm. Like managing money and like growing your world, the whole game, everything, all of these, like, it's actually really quite simple. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you aren't afraid or to to learn and try and understand how this money game like a, a like the whole conversation of money works it will benefit you it's not as scary or as complicated as like all of the jargon might make it seem the whole thing is quite simple um and i would encourage you not to be afraid of it and just engage love that and that's so true both from our experiences but also just trying to decode yeah. this whole world of money yeah, yeah um, for sure and no one really talks about it right i think in london we talk about our postcode more than money maybe. 100%, 100%. <laughs> uh, niaz uh, we're getting to the end of the podcast what is the one thing you think you've had it figured out so far in life and it can be anything <laughs> very little <laughs> um um so i think probably like over the last like few years accepting that um you you'll never have it entirely figured out like and you just have to be open to i think i'm getting to the point where i'm accepting that i'm open and hopefully it remains that way to learning more about things and like never feel too comfortable because things will change right mm-hmm. and, and and understanding that even though it's scary like you, things things will change and and, I, and the other thing that i probably i feel like i figured out a bit is that um everyone is kind of winging it right everyone's kind of just making so it up as they go along like no one really fully understands it like we we when we're younger we're like we make our parents these heroes which they are they're amazing right but they're actually figuring it out as well like mm. we should give not just our parents but everyone the grace and give yourself the comfort of just knowing that it's not just you that has no idea what's going on everyone is just winging it love that yeah definitely love that i think yeah i think no one really mentioned that before yeah i totally totally love that yes thank you so much for being so open so candid i had like one or two hot takes from (laughs) from there so but thank you so much for being so open talking about money which can be somewhat of a taboo sometimes uh i say sometimes but most of the time (laughs) but hopefully what you've uh, what you've shared um today will will be a value to people but will sort of give them a fresh fresh insight and fresh take into thinking about money and for anyone who want to follow your journey and want to find out more about your platform millennial money uk is yes. that that's yours but i'll be tagging your socials but thank you so much love chatting to you today you're very welcome and thank you for having me thank you. Hi everyone, just before you leave, if you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please take the time to leave a review and subscribe to the show. Truly helps with the algorithm, but also for me to know if I'm doing the right things as I'm here to keep on learning. Thank you so much, your support means a lot to me.